It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini, and joining me this Sunday evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, awards are done, draft is done, free agency's coming, uh, it's you know about to be July, and the wheels are fully in motion. It feels like you know this is the craziest time of the year. Yeah, it is. Um, the My office is just, it's basically uh, NBA, uh, basically everyone is big NBA fans, and I'm one of a couple of hockey fans, and, and it's so funny because it seems like such an old trope at this point, but it still is the case. Like, and um, a lot of the people are from that I work with are from out of state, so they don't, you know, the, the Islanders weren't even on their radar until they met me. And um, it's uh, it's just so funny how all day Tuesday, whenever the NBA draft was, was it Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it was, Thursday, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, Thursday. Those days leading up to it, like these people. All my coworkers were just so amped for the draft. Like they were talking draft nonstop, and I'm just sitting there like, the NHL is just completely swung and miss. Like it's just an unbelievable thing. Even with the awards, I mean, the awards it's crippling. It's like these these things are tough to sit through. It's embarrassing. Like and and it's like the NHL is trying to like lean into that. Like oh yeah, we're the low we're the rent really low rent you know league. And here's uh, you know Keenan Thompson doing doing his little thing and. 
right before Robin Leonard gives up. Like, I mean, it was just like these. It just was terrible. The, 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 the vague, I guess he was. Is he like a like a Vegas like in in arena guy that's like supposed to be a, a satire? He was terrible. The whole thing was cringeworthy, except for like you know the the Carrie Price thing, the Robin Leonard thing. Barry Trotz was nice, even though he was being handed a good burger. I mean, I. It, I just, I just like they don't they just don't get it and the draft is like the way they market the draft is the same way. It, it was a very surreal show and I think it was one of the better ones, which is sort of like faint praise because yes. I think uh, Keenan Thompson was very good and he's very, I mean he's a funny guy like he's I, I tweeted this but like his 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 acumen and his talent at doing impersonations is absolutely terrible. Like he does, he's bad at impressions, but they're never not funny because he's just, he has that like loud mouth dude on lockdown. So whether he's Steve Harvey or LeVar Ball or, or Charles Barkley, it doesn't matter because it's the same, it's the same voice. (laughs) And in some cases the same bald cap, but he's just so funny in the way he does it that you can't not laugh. And, um, yeah, the, but then they they would throw it to Thomas Middleditch, who who's from uh, Silicon Valley. If you guys ever watch that show, and he he, you know, the the idea is funny, but like just the bit itself just died because these guys don't have much of a sense of humor. They they panned out to the crowd when Thompson was making fun of the Lightning for setting an NHL record for wins and then matching an NHL record for losses in the playoffs, and you could see that like Andrew Vasilevsky was not amused. <laughs> he was very upset. <laughs> That they made fun of him and his team, and it's like, guys, you got to relax a little bit. Crosby would look a little bit more relaxed, but I mean, at, at this point, like, what is what are you going to say to Sidney Crosby that's going to bother him, you know? But um, the best parts of it were the the awards, and I mean, Carey Price came out, and he didn't. The guy didn't even give out an award or win an award, but he might have had the best moment uh, connecting with a young fan. Uh, for us, you know, Robin Leonard gave maybe the best speech of the evening. It was heartfelt, and you know, I I think his winning. The Masterton Trophy was not exactly a surprise to anybody, and he just, you know, gave voice to what a lot of people, whether they're athletes or just regular people, have felt, and, you know, maybe kind of a call to action that helps people. And then, like I said, Barry Trotz, you know, there might have been a little bit of drama there for the Jack Adams, but he was not the surprise winner. He won it, and, yeah, he was very kind to accept a good burger, but, you know, he gave a Trotzian speech about we versus me and the team award and then they took a cool picture with like mitch Horn and all those guys he did he did something at the end of that which you know it's just like another great Gar- barry barry trotz thing is he's just at the very end he snuck in a go islanders yeah which <laughs> which i was like this it, i don't know if i've ever even it, it's such a small little thing but right. it just adds to his you know persona like he actually yeah. cares so much about he you said know, bringing... something about like the crest in front and the guys really care and i was like wow that's really what he also put the hamburger right on top of the jack adams trophy which was really funny too <laughs> it was sitting there and uh you know i mean kucherov get, got his awards and he's you know he sounds a little bit like latka gravis from taxi but you know he gave good speeches and like i feel like for them the best thing would be no host just give out the awards have somebody come out and read the thing and then just be done with it because you can't go halfway like you can't have these sort of like b-level celebrities you know fighting their way through these cringeworthy performances and then have the guys come out and do the thing just have the guys come out and, and get their awards and be done with it like you know we don't need hosts or stuff like that it's, yeah they they don't like lean into their they were like very brief kind of like video montages and mm. stuff but like yeah just let that stuff let the you know the whole point of is to celebrate the year that just the season that just mm. was and and they don't do that they like they yeah. they i don't know it's it's so <laughs> it's like they the nhl I, I was thinking about this about the draft too is 
if when you see footage of a draft from like 1991 or earlier or even a little later, it's like it, it's 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 insane. Like it's like almost like wow, where did they find that? Like mm. how can they find? Because you know it's, it's such a low on the radar sport back then, and and I always get surprised when I see that. I'm like damn, like I didn't know they would even broadcast the draft in 1991. <laughs> like there's not enough, you know, and 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 the, and the award show kind of is like that. It's, it feels like that award show has been that award show since 2002. Like yeah. it looks the same. Like oh, if yeah, you watch. If you watch the 2002 NHL award show and you watch the 2019 one, it's they probably look the exact same. Oh yeah, no, for sure, absolutely, and that that lends itself to it uh, as well. Yeah, I mean it's in the same place. That's why we have a Las Vegas Golden uh, Vegas Golden Knights because they've had the award show in the same place in Las Vegas for all of these years. Um, my other thing that irritated me was like they announced the the NHL, you know, 19 or 20, I guess, uh, cover guy. And it's Austin Matthews and it's fine, but he comes out and he's like, Oh, I, you know, I grew up playing these games. Well, that's just makes you a very unique and special flower that you grew up playing these games. Yeah. The whole world grew up playing these games. Like, I just don't understand. Yeah. That was, that was weird too. like, wow. I grew up playing those games too, Austin. Look at me. We're, we're like brothers. I played them 15 years before you were born, bro. <laughs> I still own them. I still have them. I can still play yeah. them right now. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what like why wow, that that was weird too. Is it, I mean, it's it's like a cool thing to do with the way they they set it up. It did. It's like they're, It's almost like Batman and Bill Daly and whoever else puts on that award show is just like, oh, they're gonna love this. And then oh. you're like, oh, is what? this the video game thing? <laughs> oh, okay. Like that's yeah, that's Batman saying, is this the video game? Oh, this is the video game thing. Okay. Um, so, oh, so that, so that was Wednesday. And then the draft, like you said, was Friday. Um, before we get to the Islanders drafting, cause we're on this, this topic, the presentation of the draft is really awful. And it's, it's <laughs> someone, someone gets paid a lot of money to, to put that on. Like just, that's, that's what I just don't understand. I mean, Liam McHugh is fine. He's, he's very good. He's got that dry sense of humor. He's from Long Island. I think we all kind of like him. He, he's kind of a, a cool ringmaster. And obviously Bob McKenzie is above reproach. He's uncle Bob. He's Bobby Margarita. We all love him. He's the guy with all the actual information. But then sitting in between them, you've got Craig Button and Pierre Maguire. And these two guys, these are two guys that are literally programmed to not let anybody else get a word in edgewise. And every single thing they say, nobody cares about. Every single thing. (laughs) They didn't say a single interesting thing the entire time. And it was, I called it a a, a verbal bludgeoning when it was all over after three hours of it. Because that's what it felt like. I was like... Why are these guys here? Like, what is what is their purpose? What are they trying to tell us? And then, like, they're trying to telegraph all these picks, and then somebody goes completely off the board, which this this draft did from pick three onward, and it just makes it even more irritating, you know, when they're not even right. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. My, I was watching with um, my uh, my dad and my sister and her boyfriend, and, and she obviously never um, – she wasn't really – she's not a huge Islander fan. She's a big fan, but she's – she was uh, excited to watch her first ever NHL draft, and she's like, "This is the like a th- I think she called it a thrill of a lifetime in a, <laughs> in a sarcastic way." She's like, "This is," but she actually enjoyed watching it, just like go up in flames, basically. Yeah. And, and she's like, "This is great." They don't know they were saying everyone's name wrong. Like they called some guy like Harley Thomas, and his name was Thomas yeah. Harley. <laughs> it was just like the the guy you just drafted, you get a name, and it's just like there was moments like after that, and you're just like, "This league, just how how?" And then yeah. the night four is the NBA draft where they have these beautiful video packages mm. like they they bring the guys that like they show you who these these kids are and like they and i mean i think the nba has a lot more for lack of a like better word like more panache and style to it as a league and and the players themselves have much bigger personalities than the uh the players in the nhl do and uh they 
they just like they they lean into it and they they make yeah. it fun from pick you know it's after pick two and the two best players go and you don't it like you know loses a little bit of its luster they they still keep it interesting for for you to watch like i would like to know you know i wouldn't i don't need to hear people tell me oh yeah like cole caulfield he's he's um plays the game right and mm. he's he's like really a student of the game and stays late after practice to watch video i'm like i don't care like yeah. i don't i mean sure like that's great to hear um but can we make this like a little bit more interesting <laughs> I, I think, especially when there's no trades or anything going right on. i well i think the nba yeah well a the nba has way more transactions than than the nba nhl draft does but i just feel like in general they they have a better sense of what people want and whereas the nhl is always trying to kind of spoon feed you or shovel feed you the same thing over and over and over again and it's not it's not necessarily conducive with a, what a lot of fans want, but then again, you know, Twitter is maybe not representative of all NHL fans, you know, so maybe that's that's the case is that we're kind of a small minority, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was not a pleasant watch, and and I was kind of glad that uh, I was not around to watch the second day because uh, my wife and I went to go see Beetlejuice on Broadway. It was good, uh, in case anybody wants to go see it. It's different than the movie, but it's actually very good. Uh, Alec Brightman is great. He's like. Uh, He's like uh, John Belushi playing Beetlejuice, if you ever wanted to see that. But uh, anyway, I was uh, not around for the second day, which was good because, I mean, you couldn't watch anyway, and I definitely was not going to listen to it on the radio. But um, anyway, m- moving on to the uh, the actual picks of uh, the draft for the Islanders. So um, this draft, you know, I, I don't know if I could come say that there's been a consensus so far, but I, I would I think it probably accurately describe, describe this draft class for the Islanders right now, uh, you know, two days after it happened, as kind of underwhelming. Um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily surprising. Um, you know, they did have the 23rd pick. They only had five picks going in. Uh, so barring any kind of like crazy moves and stuff, it was probably always going to be a bit of an underwhelming draft. But what happened was, like I said before, you know, right from pick three, right after the first two, obviously Jack Hughes going one and Capo Caco going number two to the Devils and Rangers respectively. We'll talk a lot more about them in a little bit. Um, right from pick three, when the uh, Blackhawks grabbed Kirby Doc, every mock draft had completely gotten blown up. Like there, nobody was right, <laughs> and, and guys were dropping all over the place, and in some cases falling further and further and further than they expected. And some guys went completely off the board. The Red Wings took a guy, Moritz Sider, who's a German defenseman who was expected to go like kind of where the Islanders picked, like in the early to mid twenties, and that was like. Uh-huh. Like even the crew, the the broadcast crew couldn't understand what was going on there. Um, but you no, know, no big moves were made. We didn't get any uh, free agency signings, and we're going to talk more about free agents uh, at the end uh, in the second half of the show. Um, and so, with the twenty third pick, the Islanders stepped up, and they had a couple of notable names on the board. But they ended up taking uh, a winger from HV seventy one Junior in Sweden, named Simon Holmstrom, and. Uh, it was an off-the-board pick. Again, the NBCSN crew, totally caught by surprise. I had never heard of this guy after all the mock drafts I had read. And uh, even he was surprised. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I didn't expect to be called that early. But uh, the read on him is that he's a pretty smart player. He's pretty skilled. Um, he you know, had a good showing at the World Championships, and he had a good showing in the limited amount of games he played. And they were limited because of injury. He had hip uh, problems, and he had surgery. He had a thumb problem and he had surgery on that and um you know in a way okay maybe he can overcome these i mean you kind of get these out of the way lou lamorello said they had the doctors check him out 
and he was all good, and we're going to see him at prospect camp, and you know he should be healthy and ready to go. And you know maybe there's a chance that the Islanders got a guy who, uh, as Dom put it in his write up on it, you know they wouldn't have been available to them in the second round. So you know you shoot your shot, you're that late. That's the guy you want. He's not going to be available for your second pick, so you take him now. Maybe we got lucky, and maybe that guy, you know, it turns out to be pretty good. But at the time, there were names on there that you had heard about, and it was like, really? I waited all this time for this? And no offense to Simon Holmstrom. Maybe he's a nice player, but it was not a fun moment right there, right then and there yeah. at about 10 o'clock on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, it was uh, – I was obviously surprised, too. I had never heard of him, and, um, you know, I, I don't – I was looking at it this way, like, at, at this point – in the draft, it's after pick, you know, what, eight? It's mm. it's basically a lottery, and uh, the Islanders scouts obviously know a, a lot more about me and, and <laughs> or a lot more about drafts than I do. But, yeah, I mean, there are some names out there that you're like, oh, I would, you know, and, and this is selfish and, and kind of um, indicative of Islander fan syndrome, I guess. And was that I, I was like, I wanted to take, uh, you know, Arthur Kaliev or one mm. of those other kind of bigger names that were still out there because I want people to say, oh, look at the Islanders doing, you know, they're, do- they're doing things right, like mm. this this draft. And especially after the last draft where we did a great job, like, yeah. I thought, you know, maybe people, you know, and, and I shouldn't go, you know, hunting for praise. I talk about that all the time on the show. But that's kind of what I, you know, that's how I look at a draft when you're picking, you know, 18th or 15th or later, because you know, who knows, like, who knows what these guys are going to going to do. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe Simon Holmstrom is uh it's good. It reminded me it had a lot of uh, – It this draft tasted like the draft where they took uh, like Sean Bergenheim or Robert mm-hmm. Nilsson, you know, like like these guys who were kind of – I mean, Nilsson, Nilsson had a pedigree a little bit, and but, you know, they, they were not terribly um, – Bergenheim, I believe, when he was picked was kind of a reach and uh, Nilsson a little bit too because he, they drafted him before Parisi. But uh, that's what it felt like, you know. Yeah. I was like, you know, these, these guys who I've never heard of mm-hmm. – um, Hopefully he hopefully he works out, but I mean it's it's going to take two or three years to to even start to find that out anyway. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know that's part of the problem with the draft is you know you start even if you don't want to you start reading stuff going up to it and everybody's going to be a superstar. So then you take a guy who you never heard of and all of a sudden it's like oh great everybody grabbed a star except for my team. That's obviously not going to be the case. Uh, 2003 was an exception where everybody was kind of a star and the Islanders got Robert Nielsen and. We will never forget that. <laughs> um, but uh, the guy I was hoping for was Philip Tomasino. And, you know, a lot of people had kind of picked the Islanders to kind of be in that range. Uh, he's a bigger guy. He's a center. And, you know, for me, picking Holmstrom wasn't really that big a deal. It's like, okay, well, if they want this guy, there must be a reason. But then Tomasino went one pick later uh, to the Nashville Predators. And that immediately was like, oh, great. So now the guy <laughs> that everybody said the Islanders were going to take, they didn't take, and then the guy right pick right behind him, one pick behind them goes, and I was like, oh great, this is going to really suck. Then, um, then uh, another guy who went a couple of picks later was Ryan Suzuki, um, who had also been kind of, you know, kind of slated to go in that range. There, he went a few picks later, but you know, one thing that does make me feel a little bit better is that most of the picks after the Islanders went were kind of surprise picks. I don't know if they're necessarily off the board, but, you know, they weren't necessarily prepared for them. And really, Tomasino and uh, Suzuki were the only guys who went that people were kind of talking about as being first-rounders. A couple of guys fell to the second round. Kaliev was one of them. The, the Kings picked him up in the second round. Um, there was another guy, Rene uh, uh, Lavoie, Raphael Oops, Lavoie. Yeah, yeah, he yeah I just to, wanted him because his name was Raphael. Yeah, he's got a great name. Cool. <laughs> um, so he went to Edmonton in the second day. So, you know, a lot of the guys that got talked up, 
fell to the second day. And that's kind of like it tells you maybe – I mean, and look, we get it. Hockey guys aren't perfect. Maybe the reasons that they fell were stupid and we don't know. But for whatever reason, you know, 15 teams or whatever it was chose to pass on them. So maybe there is – some red flags there that a lot of teams saw. Uh, Kelly have grew up on Staten Island, so I was kind of pulling for him and didn't happen. But uh, that was day one. And, uh, you know, again, it was kind of disappointing, especially after enduring three hours of, of Pierre Maguire yelling in my ear. Uh, so then here comes day two, and the Islanders start with another kind of weird pick. This guy, Samuel Bulldock, he's a defenseman from the QMJHL. Um, he was compared by Lou Lamorello to Scott Mayfield in the sense that he's a big guy, but he skates really well. He, uh, you know, has an offensive upside. I guess the knock on him is that his his hockey sense isn't quite there yet. Um, but he's gonna just do another another uh, season there for sure. Um, you know, another guy nobody had on anybody's radar, and sort of like, uh-huh, okay. Um, and you know, <laughs> we all love Scott Mayfield, but I'm not sure if that's a great, you know, if that's a, a comparison that's gonna get anybody excited. Uh, so we'll have to see how that pans out. Uh, then they had no picks for the rounds three and four and made no trades. And so that was that. Um, then the fifth round, they took a player, a center from Portland of the WHL named Reese Newkirk, who is a skilled sort of agitator type. Uh, he's not afraid to get into the slot, into the dirty areas. So, you know, Butch Goring is going to love him. Uh, Portland uh, put out a cool video package. If you go scan their Twitter account, you can kind of see a cool video package of him. And he looks like he could be kind of a fun player. Um, you know, m- maybe, you know, uh, it's, a, it's nice that the the winner NHL wasn't giving us any of that on, yeah. the, on the actual <laughs> broadcast, which is hysterical. Like, because they're just like ta- basically just doing these interviews. Like Travis Green was being interviewed at one point. They were, you know, anyone they can grab, like mm. Babcock and whoever else. And uh, I watched. I sickeningly, I watched basically the whole thing. Mm. Um, yeah, we couldn't even we couldn't get a video package or like any anything on <laughs> on, these, on like any of the late players because, like you said, it was it was a uh, you know. Craig Button and hmm. and someone else and I think they brought Brian Lawton who was just like talking about Ugh. how he knows people from Minnesota. It was yeah. just terrible. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to hear any of that stuff. So go right to the source. Go to the guys and you know. And of course the the, the junior team is going to talk about everybody like they're a superstar too. But this guy, you know, it, he did look pretty good. Uh, and I mean, look like he could be kind of a fun player. Maybe not a top six player, but he looked like kind of a, a cool middle six player. Uh, after that, what in the sixth round was a guy with another great name, Felix Bebo. Another center uh, from the Huskies, uh, uh, um, Noah Dobson's team, and Noah, you know, uh, tweeted some congratulations at him. I know absolutely nothing about him, uh, you know, other than he played with Noah Dobson. And then there was another center uh, or another forward, at least, uh, out of the OHL for their seventh and final pick, which is Cole Kosky out of Saginaw, which makes him a teammate of Bodie Wild and Blake Jenkins. Uh, and both Bebo and Kosky are overagers, so they're both. They were both 20 this year, and so they can, they're most likely going to play in the AHL next year, which in a way is good. And that kind of gets to something I was, I also tweeted it too, which was that, you know, the Islanders still do have a, a pretty good prospect pool that kind of needs sorting out. Dobson being number one on the list, like, is he going to play in junior? Is he going to play in the NHL level? Um, they got a bunch of dudes in, that are going to play in the AHL next year, uh, Wallstrom and, and Wild in particular. Um, they lost a lot of their AHL veterans so they're gonna to need to find some space for them where are guys like josh hosang or uh mitch van or sebastian aho these sort of like ahl veterans gonna play so they do need time to sort this stuff out so maybe taking these guys that are definitely at least two or three years away 
is kind of part of the plan. And I'm not saying that they punted the draft at all. I'm just saying that these kinds of project players sort of buy them a little bit of time. Uh, the other two guys, the overagers, can just go right into the AHL and just plug them in there and see what happens. And then, But, again, you, they're going to be there all year, so we'll worry about them later. So I think that might have been part of the plan. But, uh, you know, it was, again, not a, not a draft full of guys that you kind of have heard of. Uh, Corey Pronman at the Athletic gave the Islanders a C, which is sort of okay. He said he didn't he did not like the draft, but he wasn't exactly wowed by it either. Um, Scott Wheeler called them losers, but, I mean, he seemed to be grading uh, draft classes very harshly. And, you know, not for nothing, but when you spend all year shitting on a fan base and a team, maybe your opinions aren't going to be uh, valued by <laughs> by people when we just kind of assume that you hate the team already, rightly or wrongly. Uh, and then Manny Elk also kind of shits on the Islanders a lot, but he, he gave them a C-. minus. Said it, you know, he didn't really like their first pick, and it didn't really get much better. But I guess it could have been worse. So, so there you go. So it's kind of a mediocre draft, but it gives them some options. And again, like their the Islanders' concerns are more immediate. Like you know, we've got a, two free agents that they need to sign, and they got a bunch of guys in the AHL and, and other places they need to sort out. So I'm not too mad about it. I think my days of getting mad about drafts are kind of over with. And, and they didn't. I don't think they made any mistakes necessarily. Because, I mean, they were picking a 23rd, but they definitely weren't aggressive and they definitely weren't exciting. But, hey, what are you going to do? You know, we'll, we'll know if this draft is a bust like five years from now. Yeah, it it, uh, yeah, it was fine. I didn't I didn't really care. It was uh, the, the worst part of the draft was just the, <laughs> watching the first. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, watching it was terrible. And um, just the, the two teams at the top of uh, yeah. of the first round and and. The the Rangers started the week by grabbing you know Jacob Truba for penny pennies of the dollar and um, because they can like when you're a big market team you can wait out uh, situations like that because you know Jacob Truba will probably love to sign an extension with the Rangers and be you know their number one defenseman for the next three or four years because they're the Rangers they they're a big market team they'll make him a star in the city and whatever and. You know, a team like the Islanders or the Coyotes or someone else. I'm, I'm not even saying the Islanders should have been interested in Truba because that's a you know a position where sure he'd be an upgrade basically on everybody on the Islanders defense. Um, but they didn't need to be aggressive to to improve. And like a, t- a smaller market team can't give up a, a lot of assets for a guy who is a restricted free agent who might just be like, yeah, no, I don't want to sign an extension with you. Like I'll I'll take a uh, you can take me to arbitration or whatever his his eligibility is this year. I think he's just not even there, um, or he had already done that. So um, the, no, I think the he team, is arbitration eligible this year. Yeah. But. So, but so teams like the Rangers can just or the Blackhawks and stuff like that. They can be like, all right, like we'll just sit here and wait for all those teams to be like, nah, like if that's your asking price, we won't do it. Hmm. And then who's left but the Rangers and the Flyers hmm. and the Blackhawks or the Bruins, and they can get you know, a good deal because they know, oh, well, you know, if you're not getting anything else from us, we'll give you the first round pick and, uh, you know, a, a roster player and something. And, and that'll be enough because these teams can't turn – they can't lose this guy for nothing. And that's the best they're going to do at this point because they've scared away the little fish. Um, <laughs> so so that leading into them getting Capo Caco and, and uh, the Devils getting Jack Hughes and P.K. Subban. And uh, it just – it became – that was the problem with it that I have with draft is that like it's through through no fault of the Islanders, the teams around them that were slated to be worse than them this season got better. They're probably still worse than them on paper, uh, but they're a lot closer than they were on when we last spoke, which which is uh, pretty scary. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing that the Islanders rebuild has uh, what took what 
a dozen years and the Rangers were going to were able to do it in, you know, a year and a half because yeah. of the the fact that they're the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, the the Devils and Rangers had very very similar almost eerily similar drafts. They each drafted a killer prospect in, you know, for the top of the draft and then they also made uh, killer trades for very good defensemen by giving up absolutely nothing. I mean, if the Rangers gave up, at least the Rangers gave up a first round pick for for Jacob Truba, the Devils gave up a couple of players, a couple of depth players, basically, and two second round picks for P.K. Subban. I mean, come on, like that's that's ridiculous. And David Poyle basically said it's a salary dump. Like they just had to get rid of the salary. And the only reason he's a devil is because the Devils were the only ones willing to take on all of PK's salary. He's making nine million this year. So, yeah, I you know it's it's irritating that two rivals got better. Um, but you know, like Arthur Staples said, the Islanders were never going to acquire a thirty-year-old player making nine million dollars at their strongest position. <laughs> and the same with Truba. Like you know, Truba uh, is a good player, and and yeah, obviously he would have made the team better. But like you said, he most likely wouldn't have re-signed, or at least it would have been a whole other hassle that they're dealing with like right now. And they're also they're already pretty strong at that position. Uh, Truba's got a whole other thing going on. His fiance is studying to be a doctor. And part of the reason he wanted to leave Winnipeg was because of opportunities for her. And obviously, you know, he's she's gonna find way more opportunities in New York now. She could find way more opportunities in possibly Vancouver or L.A. or Florida or Dallas, too. But, you know, chances are he'll probably stick around in New York for a long time. Um, And, yeah, you know, I think, though, that it gets to your point. And I think, you know, not to rehash this, especially a year later after all the changes the Islanders have made. But, you know, that was always my thing with the Islanders rebuild was that they just weren't aggressive enough. You know, I mean, Garth Snow would kind of hoard these started out hoarding these, you know, budget picks and and prospects and you know free agents and they worked out and and just he just never kind of kicked it into high gear and whereas the rangers you know they they bailed that one season and since then have always been in high gear and just wanted to start there so good on them but you know like i said too on twitter you know they had the best goalie in the league for 11 years and didn't win a stanley cup and you know the devils yes they're obviously better but who's going to be in goal for them i mean Corey schneider didn't look like hasn't looked like Corey Schneider in two seasons now, and they traded Keith Kincaid, who had one good season, and you know that's it. So they're both a long way off from being pretty good, but they definitely did get better. Uh, the Flyers, I think, made a couple of trades that made them worse. That's just my opinion. They got Justin Braun. They traded for Matt Niskanen. Oh, did I lose you, Mike? Whoa, you yeah, I'm back. I'm here. You, you just yeah, you, I lost you for a second. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was talking about the Flyers. Uh, so. Uh, I'll start there. Um, to cool. me, the 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 Flyers got worse. They uh, traded for Justin Braun. They traded for Matt Niskanen. Um, their first round pick was not uh, was kind of a, a underwhelming as well. Um, who knows what they're going to do in free agency? <laughs> uh, it's I don't know. The old Flyers seem to be back, where they're just kind of getting guys that they've heard of. So maybe that helps. Uh, the Hurricanes acquired Patrick Marlowe for about two seconds to help the Leafs get rid of their salary cap problem. And uh, then the idea is that they're going to buy out uh, Marlowe and let him walk. And he kind of wants to go back to San Jose, but it doesn't sound like the Sharks are really all that intrigued to bring him back. Uh, The Hurricanes, Justin Williams isn't sure if he wants to play or not, which is kind of an intriguing idea. They've already said they're going to lose both their goalies. They're going to let them both walk. So I don't know what's going on out there. Uh, You know, the Caps are still the Caps and the Penguins – are still mostly the Penguins. They probably not. They, oh, the Penguins made a trade. They got Dominic Cahoon from the uh, the Blackhawks for Olimata. 
you know, the 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 Penguins are like the Yankees. As soon as a guy puts on the uniform, he becomes like a superstar. So I totally expect Dominic Cahoon to be an incredibly irritating player to play against. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I can uh, I can, I can yeah. see. I feel like Oliman has already been playing for the Blackhawks for you know yeah. ten years. You know? <laughs> it sounds can, like I it, can right? just see him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, all things considered, the Islanders haven't gotten better yet. Uh, we're going to talk about one of their free agents that they did bring back. Um, they haven't gotten worse, but they need to sign a couple of free agents. And yeah, it was not a great weekend for them, but it is early in the off season and hopefully they can pull it back together before yeah. October. Yeah. The, uh, like the, the, it was just weird. It's a weird position to watch the entire division kind of change around you and, and not do anything. And like I said, it's the Islanders shouldn't, they're not in a position where they should be, you know, overly aggressive right now. I'm, I'm, if obviously any chance to upgrade your team, you should take, but um, none of the none of the moving parts like the like I was upset with the Hurricanes for for doing the Leafs that favor, yeah. uh, which was you know it's, it's frustrating. But at the same time, like there was a chance that PK Subban was going to end up in Toronto, and that would have been terrible. <laughs> so I was like, thank God for David Poyle taking that and not whatever the Leafs offered him. And right. uh, and but the, the, I mean the the Capitals the Capitals got more like robust i guess with mm-hmm. now they got radko gudis and yeah. tom wilson on the same team the uh like we talked about the devils and the rangers and uh nope nobody has been able to sign a free agent yet so these teams have already kind of you know they've already started they've, they're already out of the gate uh in the in their offseason where the islanders are still uh not and um yeah i hope it sounds sounds like uh they're they're gonna be you know players at least in in whatever is left in, in fr- the free agent pool. And, you know, this whole Mitch Marner thing, I, I would love to talk a little bit about that too, because it's going to be great. Uh, even if, you know, it's scaring, it scares me to death that there, there's a chance that, you know, either he goes back to the Leafs or you know, hey, what if the Rangers like offer sheet him and, and that happens, you know? So there's, there's a lot of uh, scare uh, things to be afraid of with, with that, but they're, they're Islanders. There's, I think that the, the fan base has done a pretty good job of keeping it school, at least from what I saw, because, you know, under snow, a couple of years ago, if this was how the Islanders started their offseason, it would have been meltdown city here on Long Island. And, 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 and it shouldn't be that right now. We They still have a couple boxes they need to tick before July 1st. And this week coming up is, um, is we've been calling it hell week, basically, because it's when free agents can go talk. And they've already signed Jordan Everly and Brock Nelson. I mean, that Kevin Hayes deal, if, if, if your first thought after that Kevin Hayes to the Flyers deal wasn't do Brock Nelson's the best, like, I don't know what, what, what you know, you missed it because he's signed for one more year and got $1 million more per year. And Brock Nelson, honestly, probably could have got a, I'm not saying the same exact term and, and dollars, but pretty close. So mm. it, you just see that he took a discount to stay with the Islanders, which is, you know, a couple more pats on the back for Brock, who's going a little gray on the uh, <laughs> sideburns. I saw a picture of him. Like, Damn. I completely <laughs> forgot Kevin Hayes signed with the Flyers. Like, yes. That's, that's all yeah. you need to know. And he signed. And, and it was, it was like, it yeah. wasn't like a terrible, I don't, think it's a terrible terrible contract it's not like you know uh, gonna it's not Dion Phaneuf or anything it's mm. he, Kevin Hayes is a good player and he's gonna be a good player for the Flyers next year but you just uh, like well, that's the open market that that's what Brock Nelson basically passed up the opportunity at a deal like that right because uh, uh, teams would have thrown that at him yeah for, for sure let's uh let's take a break here and we'll come back on the other side of these messages and talk all about free agents who's here who's not and what might happen. All right.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so that was the draft, and now we can move on to free agency. And before we go anywhere, we should mention that it was uh, about two weeks ago that you and I did a uh, podcast, and we talked about free agents, and we said that, hey, if Jordan Everly wants to stay, great. If he ends up walking, well, I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, that's the way the business is. And sure enough, the next day, the dude signed arguably one of the most team-friendly contracts in the league. Here here we have been saying the whole time, like, or at least I've been saying, there's no way he takes less money to re-sign with the Islanders. And that's exactly what he did. He, he's only making $5.5 million, which, you know, only. But that's, that's you know, five hundred grand less than he was making last year, or the last six years, and he just wanted to stay. And he said all the right things. He, he and his wife love playing on Long Island. They love staying here. And uh, he wants to build something here, and he wants to, you know, build it with a coach, the same, having the same coach for two years in a row, which is not something he's had in his career. So uh, that was pretty remarkable. I don't think either of us, I don't think anybody expected that to happen. When it just sort of came out of nowhere, like holy cow, they just signed and they, who Jordan Everett, yep. really? So that was a fun surprise. And it was uh, if I I hate to do this again, but if if any other team had signed Jordan Everly to that deal in in the open market it would have been you know the the contract that people would be throwing parades for whatever um you know person in their analytics department they have saying like oh <laughs> that's the way to look at how he he was able to identify jordan everly and, and get him to the right term and right money even the islanders did it and it's just like you know, like yeah. i guess jordan i didn't even know jordan everly was on the islanders yeah but uh <laughs> you know like this it was it was that's That'll probably be, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to say, but right now, but uh, that'll probably be the best contract the Islanders sign uh, this uh, offseason, which is saying a lot because I thought Brock, the Brock Nelson and we and you both right. said like that was a great, con- that's two really good deals on guys coming back, which I think goes to show, you know, where they're probably at with An- with Anders Lee. I don't, I, I think the Robin Leonard situation is um, at this point, I think both. I think Leonard showed his cards. He's like, listen, like I'm just kind of sitting here waiting for the Islanders to tell me what paper to sign, and and I'm praying that's the case because you know I, I love the guy so much, and as soon as he signs that, like I'm gonna buy a, a Robin Leonard jersey basically. <laughs> and uh, but he he's he's shut. Like I'm not I'm not even gonna talk to other teams. And yeah. uh, so the, the Lee thing is is a little different, uh, and the fact that the Islanders were able to get Everly and Brock Nelson on very team friendly contracts probably shows you. And Arthur Stable's been saying forever, like, it's term. This this guy he wants a seven or eight. The Islanders don't want to do that, obviously, for you know reasons that it will hit you right in the face. It's like this guy's probably going to break break down in a couple of years, sadly, and uh, just not be as effective as a seven million dollar player should be. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, I think think it's the I don't want to say the writing's on the wall, but it's it's getting there uh, with with Lee uh, much more than Leonard, which is is crazy because. We all thought, you know, Forgot when John Tavares played the Islanders and Neil Sheehy was, I think that's who his agent is, was in, was was in the Coliseum uh, to meet with Lou. Everyone's just like, oh, they're going to announce that the Lee extension <laughs> the day that that Tavares comes back. That's great, and and it's just not gotten anywhere. It seems like, right. which is uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, you know, I think going looking back at draft weekend i think the quotes from lee and and leonard i think were probably bigger news than anybody the islanders drafted and no offense to those guys but that's kind of the case it was lee uh i don't know if he's crazy or or stupid or just you know very confident in himself that he organized this charity event a week before free agency starts (laughs) uh which was done in conjunction with the rangers kevin shattenkirk and you know, kind of opened him up to these kinds of questions about, hey, man, like, what's the deal? And and the, the team was still tweeting about it, too. So it was like they're kind of carrying on as if there's nothing really weird here. But it's weird. And, you know, Lee said I got this this article by uh, Andrew Gross just went up just before we started recording. And it's got uh, Leonard stuff we'll talk about in a second. But what he said, what Lee said on Saturday, I never thought we'd be to this point. But I guess it's the nature of what this week means. It doesn't change how I feel. And he's also said, there's not really a day or a moment that I haven't put my thoughts into everything. I hope it works out. I haven't enjoyed thinking about the other options. I mean, when he says, I haven't enjoyed thinking about it, and I never thought it would be to this point. And it's one, he had another quote saying, like, you know, it's the same kind of stuff we've been talking about this entire year. Uh, Dom said in, in you know an article about the, the draft saying that he kind of sounds sort of jarred by this whole the whole process, and it sounds like he's not enjoying his time as a, as a pending NHL unrestricted free agent. It sounds like he's a little frustrated, and he kind of he wants to stay. But like you said, I mean, if he wants what he wants, and and the team wants what they want, um, either you find some middle ground or he walks. And look, I mean, we all like Anders Lee. He's a great, great, great guy, and he's a very, very good player. He's arguably one of the most underrated players in the league because I don't think anybody outside of us really even knows what he's able of do was capable of doing. I mean, people used to call John Tavares underrated. No, that was not the case. Everybody knew who John Tavares was. Anders Lee, I mean, once you get outside of this division, has anybody even heard of Anders Lee? Do they even know that he's the captain? Probably not. Do they know that he's like one of the best net front guys in the entire league and he's got three thirty whatever no, what is it? He's got three thirty goal seasons and a forty goal season, something like that. Like they don't know that. And he's a great he's a very good player. Um and if he leaves i will be sad but you know what i'm kind of i never restocked my outrage stores from last year and so i'm not going to get mad about it i can't they're just going to have to move on um you know maybe he finds they find a deal somewhere this week i don't know but he certainly sounds like he's a little bit frustrated that it hasn't happened yet and that could be a good thing for the islanders maybe he calls neil sheehy and he's like just just sign a goddamn paper just bring me back i don't want to go anywhere or he's like, you know what the hell with this? I'm going to leave. And maybe he just signed someplace else. So I don't know. But it's a weird situation. And it kind of overshadowed. I hope it didn't overshadow the charity event if people were there. I hope it didn't, you know, cast a black cloud over it. It seemed like a cool thing. But it did. It's definitely definitely cast a black cloud a little bit over the Islanders draft. Because, like, at, at one point on the draft floor, Lou Lamarella was talking to Neil Sheehy for a good long time. And it seemed like maybe they were getting to somewhere. But it didn't happen. So. That's a little bit annoying. Uh, and then, again, in the same article just before we were talking about this, Robin Leonard is the exact – kind of the same thing. He said straight up, I have no plans to talk to another team at this point. 
from my understanding, that's not losing tension either. Hopefully it will work out and we can finish what we started. So here's a guy saying, I want to sign. I don't want to talk to any other teams. And I just want to get this done. He doesn't sound quite as frustrated as Lee does, but these are two guys that sound like they want to stay. So I don't know what the holdup is, especially yeah. with Leonard, you know? Yeah, I think I think like we were saying, like the Islanders, my my trust is that Lou Lamarillo's like this guy obviously is just going to sign the, the contract we put in front of him and it's going to work for both parties. And we got kind of more volatile things to take care of, like, like, you know, a potential offer sheet to, to Marner or Timo Meyer or <laughs> someone else who like kind of the Islanders should take a swing and miss, you know, or, or take a couple of swings at the big fish and then be like, all right, let's just say they, they do, they're not going to, but let's just say they sign, you know, Panarin or, or, a guy, or someone, you know, of that ilk, like Marner or, um, Braden Point, whatever, whoever you want to say. Like at that point, the Islanders say, "Okay, like now we know what we can give you to, to Leonard. Like this is for us. It, it should work for you." I think that's kind of my thinking with him is because listen, he's made it clear if the Hurricanes come calling on uh, free agent day, like he's gonna, I'm sure, gonna be like, "Okay, that's great. I'm gonna turn around and see what if the Islanders will match this deal or come close to it." Like he's not just gonna. It's not going to be like a Tavares situation where it's like <laughs> the he's going to be. In town, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, he's it's going to the Islanders are seem he has Robin Leonard's situation. We all know it. Obviously, he's comfortable here, and um, I think it's it's pretty clear what that the 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 path it's going to take. Hopefully, I mean that being said, we all know uh, how quickly things can change because here we are talking about Anders Lee and not Brock Nelson or Jordan Everly, who, who we thought all along would be the case. Uh, but we, you know, I thought this. If you would ask me a couple of weeks ago, you'd say like, "Yeah, this would probably be our podcast saying goodbye to those two, <laughs> two form, soon to be former Islanders." And now it's Anders Lee who could be, in. and it, it, I mean, it'll be upsetting if he leaves. But I think we're we're all Islander fans seem to all be in the same boat. Like this is it's going to suck to lose to, to lose Lee, and people will pile on about the Islanders not being able to keep their captains from walking during free agency. But uh, Lamarillo is isn't going to just give into a player it doesn't seem and and that's kind of great i mean i, yeah. I don't I, I don't i think there's a lot of there's silver linings uh yeah to the situation and that's what i'm kind of hoping for and you hope that it just works out because you know obviously we want, want him back but yeah i thought about that too like if the islanders lose lee and he signs a seven-year deal with somebody you know that then people are, i think the consensus will be like yeah you know what that's that's a a road the Islanders couldn't a line the Islanders didn't want to cross and I understand why and you know maybe Lee doesn't decline as much as we kind of expect him to in that time and that that's my other worry is that you know yeah it's reasonable to not give a guy seven-year deal but at the same time maybe he he's worth it you know maybe he's yeah. the one guy who's worth it he's he's probably he's probably a good bet to score 35 goals next oh, yeah. year and the year after that so at least yeah <laughs> so you're walking away from that and that right. that that that's the you know that's definitely very scary because where do you find those yeah. thirty five goals? Which we have been saying, you know, the Islanders are a team that needs pop in the lineup, as as Barry Trotz had said. Um, but it, you know, at the same time, like yeah, it it would suck, and it's uh, you know, I just um, I, I just the again the optics of it would just be absolutely terrible and and i think but i think at the same time that they would have to just move on and it, it it's funny you bring up mitch marner because it's almost the exact opposite of what's playing out up there where this is guy this guy's an rfa he's not even a ufa he's he you know rfas generally have no leverage in these situations they generally just sign with a team they either get a short bridge deal or some big fat deal like you know the one that uh um 
who who just signed one? I forget uh, the um, oh, I forget now. But oh well, Jordan Eberle signed one. You know, like he signed a big deal after he he went RFA. Uh, here's a guy basically saying, I'm going to meet with other teams, and I'm going to if I if there's an offer sheet out there that I like, I'm going to take it. And he's he's adamant that he wants a certain contract that matches. Austin Matthews, and he wants that deal. And his father apparently is a little bit like Carl Lindros. I don't know if I don't know if you remember, but older people out there might remember <laughs> Eric Lindros's dad was kind of a kind of a, a needle and a thorn in the side of the Flyers for a long time, and uh, you kind of get that vibe from it. But they're adamant, and I've, I've never heard of an RFA saying that he will meet with other teams. And and then the Leafs come back and they're like, Kyle Dubas is like, yeah, well, you know, it's not a guarantee that we're going to met. Most of the time, teams are like, yeah, well, obviously we'll match any offer sheet that that he signs and here's Kyle Dubas saying, well, not necessarily. We might not. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, the Islanders are a natural landing spot. I mean, there's Lamorello, there's, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Martin, Mitch Martin is going to be on Long Island for Matt Martin's, uh, Matt Martin. That, that's the best part of this whole thing. Matt Martin's wedding. Mitch Martin is going to be there. And so he, I won't he's, lie. I did. I tried to look up where it is <laughs> to be like, maybe send, maybe send Mitch a, an Islander care yeah. package or something. He's already called, called the toward- venue. He's already toured the uh, practice facility because he t- he he's an instructor at Matt Martin's camp. Yeah, so, I think he played it. He plays in like that po- poker tournament. Like, yeah. he's these. They, there are a lot of good friends in the NHL, but these two seem like They're you know really they they really, yeah. It's it's awesome. <laughs> so you know, I mean, how funny would that be? And I know I'm by saying it, I'm jinxing it, but how funny would it be for that trade? Yeah, it's of already funny. First of all, it's to- already. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> To to be the thing that draws Mitch Marner to the end, that would be just wild. And of course, unfortunately, because Leafs fans are generally the most myopic and humorless fan base in the entire NHL, they do not see the irony in sweating out these Mitch Marner uh, negotiations or the Kawhi Leonard free agency, for that matter, uh, as an analogous to us sweating out the John Tavares thing for two years. They they couldn't possibly see that. The irony in that because irony means nothing to them because they are humorless and myopic and narcissistic and just <laughs> some of the worst people ever. But I, I, I really hope that there's at least one Leafs fan out there that it's like, damn, this is what Islanders fans were going through. You know what? I, I got to give them a little bit of respect. I got to give them some credit for it. But Yeah, and it's not like – and, and the, the, the part of that that shouldn't be lost on them, this isn't even their like one guy. Like this right. is – he's sure he's one of the best players in the league, but they have – four other other best players in the league too on their team and <laughs> and just taking him first i think it's a no-brainer not just for the islanders but basically for every team in the league uh, offer sheets are perfectly legal and okay and, and what would it what does it do it, it you either put you put the leafs in a in a spot where they're up against the cap because you sign you mm-hmm. sign him to like you know the the five-year 12 million dollar deal he wants and then you say you put the ball in the Leafs court and they have to either let go of one of the best playmakers in the league or they have to deal with a, a gigantic cap problem, not just this year, but with the ne- for the next five. And mm. yeah. I mean, it's, it's just it's a no brainer. I really, really, really hope uh, <laughs> the Islanders do it. I would love to see see it happen. And uh, it, I mean, if it does, I, I will cancel all my plans that day and just sit <laughs> and just sit, kick back and watch and Maybe try to find out Darren Drager's cell phone number and just laugh at him or something. I don't and then, know. But then you know what's going to happen is people are going to be like, whoa, we got four first-round picks now, you know, because they signed that. So so each one of those four first-round picks is going to be a superstar because you all know what's going to be. So, But, you know, the Leafs did give up a first-round pick in that Marlowe trade, uh, which I think does give them enough room to possibly sign Marner to a big contract extension. But, 
you know, I, I don't know. It's just again, I, I really I, wish I worked it out. I I, yeah. I see because they got to they they're close with Janssen and hmm. and Kasperi Kapanen, and basically they'll leave themselves with like just enough for that, and then they still have to figure out their defense. So right, uh, well yeah, Jake Gardner would be gone at that point. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 a, just an absolute no brainer. Not just for the <laughs> for I mean for for Marner too. Why would you not? You know, like, know. If, do it. Do you, do you, you're a 21 year old or however old he is, and and he can go out there and get. Uh, Austin Matthews deal yeah. uh, just by waiting a week, you know, rather than <laughs> signing on Tuesday just because it's the Leafs and that's, you know, what a good hockey guy would do. And uh, it's, I've, I'm, it's been a little bit of karmic payback uh, mm, yeah. for sure. I've, I'm, this, this is my favorite storyline of the offseason. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's just a shame that Leafs, Leafs fans have, have no, no sense of irony whatsoever. Um, there are other RFAs out there that are interesting. Uh, Jonas Donskoy, I think, is one too, isn't he? Isn't he? Uh, an RFA? He's, he's a UFA, oh, he's but a UFA. yeah, it's oh, okay. Timo Meyer who's Timo Meyer, yeah. 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 He's just like a better version of, 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 of Donskoy and younger. And yeah, yeah, I mean, there are a lot. There's, uh, you know, Sebastian Aho and, mm. and Braden Point and, and, uh, I mean, Aho and uh, his the Hurricanes are in no problem right. trying to get him under cap. But I mean, the interesting ones because of the, the the cap problems were William Carlson, who signed a big deal, mm-hmm. I think, just just before, and you know, Kevin LeBanc on on the Sharks is is a good player, and he's he'd be interesting. There's there's a lot of them, and uh, you know, you 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 hope that the Islanders kind of do kick around the idea of it. I'm sure they are, and right. just because look, the Islanders are a small market team; they play in two different arenas it's really hard to get unrestricted free agents sold on on it like it's a lot as we see like with Everly and 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 uh Nelson and then going back to like Viznovsky and Nabokov and all those guys like once they get here it's it's a lot easier of a sell hmm. um but you know that they, they got to take advantage of 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 these kind of situations because they're they, they're not a team that can go and kidnap a star player Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kidnapping is kind of what it would amount to. But, uh, you know, there. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of guys there that that could uh, end up. Ajo apparently was not there. Yeah. Their their negotiations with the uh, the Hurricanes have kind of kind of gone off the rails a little bit. They're not that's not maybe a sure thing. So, I mean, I doubt he goes anywhere because, again, they have all the cap space in the world. But it's a little bit weird that he didn't just immediately sign, uh, you know, with the team after especially after the year they had. But um. There are possible. Every time I hear Timo Meyer's name, by the way, I hear uh, the the uh, the Japanese guys from Better Off Dead, where they uh, they did the Howard Cosell impersonation. It's Lane Maya. That's all I hear is uh, that. I don't know. That's a very old movie. Just check it out. <laughs> um, but uh, now the UFAs are where things get kind of interesting. And and just before again, a little while before we came on, uh, Adrian Dater, who I forget what outlet he's writing for now but he's been around the league for a very long time said that you know don't count out the islanders in the whole uh, panarin sweepstakes because apparently lou wants to get out there and i'm not in it i don't think it's going to happen that they would have to sign up to some kind of crazy deal i can't see it happening um cory perry now is a ufa he was bought out by the ducks can't see it happening jason spezza not so much you know, Matt Duchesne basically has a clear runway now to sign with the Predators because they just cleared $9 million off their books. So expect that to happen. Um, and uh, Tyler Myers, yeah, no thanks. So, uh, I, and William Carlson, like you said, is already gone. So I, I don't know. I don't, uh, you know, the idea that the Islanders could be in on a UFA, 
I guess kind of makes sense because they do have cap space. But I just I can't picture any of these guys signing with this team. I just can't. And maybe that's an old holdover from you know the old days, and maybe that'll change at some point. But as of right now, I can't. But this isn't a great crop of free agents. But I just can't see. Maybe Wayne Simmons, as somebody pointed out, could be a good replacement for Lee. Maybe at least in production wise. But uh, the, he's the only one. Everybody else, I just I can't picture in an Islanders uniform. I just can't. Joe Pavelski would be great, but. I can't picture it happening, you know. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. Me. No, I'm with you. I think there are a couple of guys that I can see Lou just like you know th- throwing a, a year or two at and and working like Anton Strawman like would mm. even though the Islanders are really strong on the back end like this is a guy who's who's battled injury like the last year and a half or whatever and um, I'm pretty sure he's he's up and uh, he's just like he's effective. He's a good player and yeah. and and if he's if he does give you like you know if you're signing to a one year deal for 50 games, that's fine because he's he'll be a great fifth or sixth guy. And uh, there there are, I mean there are guys like that out there. I think uh, you know there's like you can plug Colin Wilson into your bottom <laughs> six and he's he's like perfectly okay. Marcus Johansson is is good when he's healthy. So like there are players like that. I don't I don't think the Islanders are going to sign a headline grabbing for right. uh, unrestricted free agent obviously I've, I've already talked about the restricted free Thomas agents. Vanek is out there I oh, can man. see him wearing an Islanders uniform <laughs> that would be funny wouldn't that do that yeah. again uh, yeah like Brett Connolly I could see yeah. like, they're, they're just like guys like that the, yeah. I, I, for some reason I can only see Gusta, uh, Gustav Nyquist in, yeah. a, in a devil's uniform I, yeah. I just like I've already resigned myself that he'll be there um, I wonder if uh, Andre Burkowski could be an option although you know, I, I assume the Caps would bring him back, but you know he knows Barry Trotz obviously very well, and it's a pretty good player too. I I, might, I could see him maybe coming over, but yeah, and it's, I don't know where he fits exactly, but uh, but yeah, I mean there's options there, and and we it's will- a lot of yeah, it's a lot of square square pegs in the <laughs> round holes, and, and but because the the guys that would fit are you know right the superstars, big, yeah, yeah, exactly, like they'd fit everywhere, and right. uh, yeah, so we'll hope hope to to Lou that he he's able to. Do what do what he's been known to do. You know, yeah. We the thing is the Islanders now have a, a general manager who's pulled tricks like that out. Like you know, Gar Snow had one or two over a twelve year span. This guy's <laughs> you know basically wrote the book on it. Yeah. So and, and it's funny. I'm just looking at the list here on Cap Friendly, and literally every single UFA goalie is a is a no for me, dog. No thanks. I'm not interested in any of these guys. Yeah. I'd rather have the Islanders' own UFA goalie. <laughs> and make, yeah, that's and take him. That's, that's the that's thing. It. Like if and and the, the funny thing about the 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 Bobrowski mentions is like. I just hope the Panthers and him like like uh, it seems like a foregone conclusion. I hope it is because after that it's it's Leonard's the clear cream of the crop and right. he's wants to be an Islander and uh, so I, I just hope that you know that's not what what not Lamarillo and uh, the Islanders are thinking is like we'll lo- load up for Bobrovsky. I mean sure he's a great goalie but you know he's yeah. a goalie so he could fall off a cliff next year. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and and in the playoffs of so this year that he was good in the playoffs, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'd rather just I'd rather have our own guy basically. Um, so yeah, I just um, one last thing we, we both want to get to. Um, you know, we haven't talked. Uh, uh, we mentioned that you know maybe UFAs don't want to sign here because of the whole arena situation. And last week, if you haven't listened to it, uh, we had Mark Burner on from Horse Race Insider who gave us a lot of really cool information about the. Um, you know the status of the the Belmont Arena project. Uh, we can start to look for some signs maybe in mid July uh, of movement. Um, you know, July starts next week or there's a week from where you're listening to this, so maybe soon that environmental study will be done by the end of this month, and then we can start hearing some things. Um, we 
got, uh, or I got, I should say, uh, an email from somebody um, that is, you know, had some listed themselves as as part of the opponents for the arena. And uh, I want to say up front, I forwarded this email to, to Mike. I want to say up front that this letter was was very calm and very well reasoned and and very friendly. And it wasn't like you know some kind of rant or something. This was not from. You know, somebody, we don't get emails about this podcast. <laughs> this was not like some some you know volcanic uh, you know uh, screed about the arena. This is very calm and very well reasoned. And uh, I'm not going to say the person's name, and I'm not going to you know say anything because I don't want the wrath of Islanders Twitter to come down on them. It, you know, we could be a very passionate bunch, and we really want this project to happen. So I don't want that to happen. But uh, you know, I think the crux of the letter was that this project might not be all it's cracked up to be. When it's all said and done, and I think Islanders fans, you know, the the person who wrote the letter seemed to think that Islanders fans are kind of expecting it to be like Coliseum 2.0. Um, and there are concerns there that even if the thing goes up, there's going to be issues. For example, the parking is going to be far away from the arena and it's going to, you know, maybe up to a 20 minute walk from either of the, the parking lots to uh, the venue. There also might be restrictions on tailgating, which would be a problem for <laughs> Islanders fans who like to tailgate. Uh, Mark talked about there could be a potential railroad station sort of in the north field over there, which is almost like a mile away. Again, it's almost like a 20-minute walk. So, I mean, that's kind of far. I mean, it's, it's certainly farther than when you park your car at the Coliseum and you can walk to it and you can see it. Uh, and then, you know, as far as the retail village goes, th- that's not a – we've said it before. that You know, it's not the kind of mall that – you and I shop at, and this isn't a mall with like a Lids and a GameStop and an Orange Julius in it. Like this is a high-end retail village where there's going to be like Prada and and you know uh, Michael Kors and these other kinds of like high-end places that are going to sell stuff, and it's not going to be for like regular folks. The players who stay there might find stuff to buy, but you and me, we ain't going to find stuff there. They don't have a Cinnabon that we can chill out at. So um, it's not going to be quite the utopia that you know Islanders fans might be thinking of, and you know, my, I guess my response, or at least my kind of what I would say to that is I don't know if any of us really feel like it is going to be this kind of utopia. I think a lot of us just kind of want this to happen so we don't have to hear about our team needing to move anytime in the future. And if it means a long walk to the arena, well, you know what? It's better than taking a 45-minute long subway ride to Brooklyn to an arena that doesn't feel welcome. You know, like if it's a, if it's a welcoming arena, we'll make that walk. And the reason the retail village has to be there is because the arena doesn't make any money. And this is, I thought, common knowledge in 2019 that the reason arenas have these things, the reason, like, you know, Barclays Center has, you know, these fancy restaurants is because the arena doesn't make money off of tickets. That's how they make money. Why can you get a heart? How can you get a haircut in Barclays Center? Because that place makes them money and, you know, the tickets don't. So that's why the retail village and the hotel and all that stuff has to be there. Uh, again, the letter was very well reasoned and it was very friendly and very calm, but. You know, I still it, it still didn't change my mind in terms of like, I don't want this project to happen. I still want it to happen, and whatever warts happen with it, say like air. You know, it's gonna have to be the way it is. Yeah, I think uh, it's it sucks because of the kind of day and age we live in. It's it's basically the conversations over these topics happen on social media, and it's impossible to have like a hey, let's go. You know, <laughs> we'll sit down and a and have a beer, and you'll tell me why you know what you want it, and and it, like it's. If people just sat down and explained their values, like what do you want out of this and what don't you want to see happen, I think they'd see like, oh, you know, what? I think we're actually all on the same page here. Like <laughs> Islander fans don't want to come in and like turn Elmont into Islander Town. We just want there to be a, a serviceable arena that is close and not 
Quebec City or Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. That's it. That's what we want. We want a place to go to watch and, and feel like it's ours. And I think the people on the other side, as uh, this person had kind of very eloquently put out, is they don't want they, – they don't – they want to show Islander fans that, like, what this is actually going to look like. And they're like, well – we kind of know, like we, 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 we've been through this so many times, like this is not a new thing for, for us. And it's, we, I'm, there are probably like 13 year old Islander fans or 12 year old Islander fans who can, who know like arena issues inside and out because, and they know like why po- politically there are always challenges for them because their team has almost been ripped from them. So they, they've done, done the research on it. Like we know what's going on and, and we just, if, if both sides kind of just like listen this is all we want out of it like we're we're with you on some things and we if i have to walk a a a mile to go to the arena and it's february that's gonna suck and i'm gonna (laughs) complain about it but like it it beats the hell out of the islanders not being here Mm. and i think that's if these if the other side kind of gets that like i think these conversations like the one that uh this person had kind of started with us is will, will be constructive uh and, and help everybody <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. I, but I just I, at this point like, what are you supposed to say to anybody like uh, okay yeah you're right like it's mm. let's, uh, I'm, I don't want to see the island like, it, it, the Islanders leaving Long Island is not good for anybody right. I, don't, I, don't, I think that's the, the whole point and uh, hopefully there are some compromises that can be made but yeah and I mean I think they already have made some too and, and you know I, I I've said a long time, all the time, like if somebody was dropping an 18,000 seat arena in my backyard, I would have some concerns <laughs> and it would bother me whether I was a fan of that, that venue or that team that's going to live there or not. And I, you know, I, I get it. Like if I live there and you know, all of a sudden I got kids and they, there's a park and all of a sudden they're putting an arena there and I'm, I don't know what, you know, what's going to happen with it. I think that, you know, that would be concerning to me, but also at the same time, I think that there are reasons why this this is going out the way it's going, and you know they they've done I think all the due diligence they can do, and I just don't see anything here that's completely out of the ordinary. Yes, they're getting a crazy, probably stupid and barely legal break on the land. I understand that, but you know we've said all along that if the racing association wants this to happen, and the team obviously wants this to happen, and the state wants this to happen. And the county wants this to happen, you know. It's going to be kind of hard to fight against it, and you know, it's it, you're going to have to come back with something better than. Well, there's going to be a lot of traffic. You know, it's Long Island. Like, there's always a lot of traffic. It's just, and you know, or the the walk from your car to the arena is going to be really long. It's just how it is. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, uh, but again, you know, it's there. There are both sides to this, and it's good to hear. But uh, seems like you know we're waiting on uh, feels feels like forever. We've been waiting on these environmental studies to be done, and and hopefully we get some news soon. And and they can move. A bunch of politicians just signed something. I forget. Randy Marshall had tweeted this that you know they signed some kind of like uh, uh, agreement or at least uh, you know a support for the for the project. And it seems like a pretty significant step towards you know getting it going. But as we all know, politicians can't be trusted. We've been we've been here and we've seen it a million times. And so hopefully again this uh, by the end of the summer this is not an issue anymore. But yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, wow, we we covered a lot of topics, uh, and uh, I don't know if we have any answers, but there you go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It was uh, <laughs> we got a lot to get off our chest. Yeah, there's no. Uh, I don't know if we've ever had an answer. You're definitely you know, not listening to us for answers. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, if you're <laughs> if you're coming here for a prediction and to hear someone 
you know, <laughs> it's, it's wrong. Maybe we'll get it when, yeah. when the guests are on. Yes. But. Yeah. I was going to say, we leave the answers to like Arthur Staple. He, he gives us answers. We just, yeah. we just ask more questions, but, uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, this is not our final episode of this season. We, uh, we're going to, uh, get together probably next Tuesday. Uh, so that'll be July 2nd. Uh, we'll let a couple of contracts get signed. Maybe the Islanders do some, some good stuff and we could talk yeah, we'll about that. To, like and, hopefully a great, great wedding in, uh, yeah. tour. Maybe. Hopefully someone takes uh, Mitch Marner on a tour and shows him you know, the beaches and all, all the great so, stuff. And so Matt Martin's getting married. Is that this week? And this then, se- Yeah. It's I'll, just so perfect because I, it's it, – you assume what? He gets here – he'll be here Thursday, right. I would say. Thursday or Friday. And, okay. uh, yeah. So that means th- the restricted free agents can start – I didn't even know that they were allowed to have meetings with other teams. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, went, that, that was just like – thrown in i feel like i think bob mckenzie just made that up and right. they're like the league's like oh yeah no no that is okay you know yeah, that's and, so uh, weird. well it's never yeah. happened before <laughs> right exactly and, so. and so let's start wednesday um yeah. so you know you hope that they're like you know what like we're gonna be on long island anyway so mm. maybe we'll, we'll conduct our meetings like uh, everyone else goes to newport and uh in california to have their meetings and we'll do ours <laughs> on uh the newport of the east coast and uh, you know in Wanta yeah. or something <laughs> we do have a newport right oh, jones well, beach there, oh yeah jones beach yeah. yeah oh rhode island has a newport too but yes, uh yeah. um yeah so matt martin and, and sydney asiason our guests are getting married this week and then thomas hickey is also getting married was it this week or next week or something like that i uh, arthur staple tweeted that and and or is it brian compton tweeted it and he, he doesn't want to leave. Hickey's like, we love it here. And he lives here like year round. So, uh, you know, his name has been in trade rumors and he's not a guy who wants to go. So uh, we don't want to see him go either. But uh, yes. congratulations to any Islander getting married this week or to anybody <laughs> else getting married this week. It's Hopefully the weather's nice. It's finally stopped raining after a goddamn week and a half. But uh, there you go. Uh, so, yeah. So we will be back next week to talk free agents and again hopefully we have some good islanders news uh and then you will be rid of us i guess for the rest of the summer unless some kind of big thing happens we'll have to figure it out but uh yeah so we covered everything i think right yeah i'm i'm satisfied yeah uh I'm more satisfied with this than i think the islanders draft but that's a whole other <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other story uh so thanks for hanging out with us we'll be back next week we'll talk about some more free agents there see what happens and uh we really appreciate it if you get a chance give us a review uh make sure you read lighthouse hockey every single day and there's gonna be lots more stuff there i promise you and uh, oh dom did an amazing job covering all those draft picks i don't know how he did it he's he's on top of everything and i don't know where he got all that information (laughs) on every one of those guys but uh thanks dom uh yeah and if you didn't read his uh his um first person account of the uh the blues stanley cup parade uh and its effect on his his the town and his feelings about the islanders you definitely should because it was awesome uh make sure you uh follow mike at his twitter account which is the bigly basket with two e's bigly basket with two e's if you have not seen the uh video package on islanders draft pick samuel bulldog you should go there and watch it because it's priceless <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah it is Uh, okay so we'll be back next week and uh, we'll talk to you then All right, bye bye